Our Father, I am very thankful for this avenue of prayer, for the blessing that prayer offers, the opportunity it gives us as your children to be able to pour our hearts out to you and talk to you, Father, and show our trust and dependence upon you, Father, because we know that you love us and that you always hear our prayers when we cry out to you. Father, thank you for the avenue of prayer. Thank you for the parables of Jesus that teach us about prayer. I pray, Father, that this study will be one that glorifies your name and draws people closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke, the 11th chapter, go in your Bible to Luke chapter 11, please. In Luke, the 11th chapter, and in verse number nine, there the Lord stresses three things that we need to do as his people when making requests to God. First, he says we need to ask. We need to ask. We need to open our mouths and ask God for blessings. We need to make supplications to God. Paul uses this word supplication in Philippians 4 and verse number 6. The idea of supplication is the idea of asking. is the idea of making a request to God through prayer. We need to ask and we also need to seek. We need to seek the will of God through his word. And then thirdly, we also need to knock. We need to knock on the spiritual door of God. We need to go to God and persistently beg him to, to grant our request, to bless us with whatever we're asking for if it is according to God's will. In Luke chapter 11 and verse number 9, Jesus says that we need to ask, we need to seek, and we need to knock. These are all the things we need to do. We're making requests to God through prayer. In fact, to drive this point home even further, Jesus tells several parables about this, about prayer and making requests to God throughout the book of Luke. There are parables throughout the book of Luke that deal with the subject of making a request to God through prayer. In this study, we're going to look at two of those parables. And the first one is found in Luke chapter 11, where we're at. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. There, in that section of scripture, in that context of Luke 11, verse number 9, we find Jesus telling the parable, the parable of the friend. The parable of the friend. In Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse number 5, Jesus tells a parable about a midnight request of a friend. You ever had a friend come to your house at midnight and make a request? If that ever happened to me, that person would probably be outside for a very long time because when I sleep, I sleep hard. And so if anyone comes to my house at midnight, they're probably not going to have me come into my door. Jesus tells a parable about a midnight request of a friend. 
A friend goes to someone's home. He goes to his friend's home to ask to borrow loaves of bread so he can feed an unexpected guest. He knocks on his friend's door and he says, please help me. I have somebody who's come to my house and I don't have anything to, to feed them. I have nothing to put before them on the table. I need to borrow some bread. This must have been a very important person that's come to his home because he goes to a friend's house at midnight asking to borrow some loaves of bread. He wants to entertain this unexpected guest, and since most people are asleep at midnight, his request is declined. The, the person says to him, if you go and look at the text in verse number 7, it says, but from the inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. It's midnight. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot come and give you anything. This person's request is declined. It's too late. I cannot get out of my bed and give you anything at this time. In verse number 8, Jesus says, I tell you. I tell you that even though he will not get up, and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And so while he declines him at first, because this friend is persistent, because he keeps begging to borrow some bread, eventually the person inside the house gives in, and he gives up and he gives him as much as he needs. In verse number nine, Jesus says, the point is this, so I say to you, I ask. I ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. That's what happened to the friend who went making a request for bread. In verse number 10, Jesus says, for everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Verse 11, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? In verse number 12, he says, or if he's asked for, or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? In verse 13, he says, if you then being evil, if you then being sinful and unrighteous people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's the parable that Jesus gives of the friend. The friend who comes to someone's house with a midnight request for bread. And I want to submit to you that there are at least two important lessons that the Lord is teaching us from that, that parable. The first lesson is on your slide before you. The first lesson has to do with persistence. According to Jesus, persistence, persistence in prayer is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Instead, it is a good thing. You see, like the man in the parable who needed three loaves of bread, 
When we are persistent in our requests to God through prayer, that could lead to great gifts from God. That could lead to blessings. That could lead to God giving us what we ask. You see, my dear friends, this is one of the powerful and wonderful realities about prayer. This is one of the great truths about prayer. You see, through making requests to God through prayer, we demonstrate our dependence upon God. We demonstrate our faith in God. We demonstrate our trust in God. And God will reward that. God will bless that. God will bless our faith and trust and dependence in, in him if what we're asking for is in our best interest. In this parable, the parable of the friend, this man is blessed because of his persistence. He is blessed with his request for bread because he didn't just stop asking for it after he was declined the first time. He continually asked for the request. He was persistent in his request, and the person inside the house rewarded that. Persistence is a good thing when it comes to prayer. That's something we learn from this parable. And then a second lesson we learn from this parable is God's gifts. God's gifts are the best gifts. God's gifts are the best gifts. That is the point of verses 11 through 13 in the chapter. In verses 11 through 13 of the chapter, Jesus says, he says, just like a father, an earthly father, I'm an earthly father, just like a father is not going to give his son a snake when he asks for a fish, and just like an earthly father is not going to give his son a, a scorpion when he asks for an egg, God is even more gracious than that. God is even more generous than that. God is even more, more gracious and generous than, than, a sinful, than a sinful earthly man. You see, if a sinful man like me, if a man who's violated the will of God like me feels compelled to bless my children with great gifts when they ask those things of me, how much more so is the holy God? How much more so is the great God of heaven? How much more so is the heavenly father who loved us so much that he gave us his son Jesus to down a cross for our, for our sins? I mean, if I, as a sinful man, know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more so does God, the creator of me, know how to do the very same thing? If I know how to give good gifts to my children and I give good gifts to my kids, then how much more so does God know how to do that? In James chapter 1 and verse number 17, James says this. He says, every good thing given and every perfect gift, every perfect gift is from above. 
coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Notice how James says that the giver of every perfect gift is God. God is the giver of good gifts. God's gifts are the best gifts. God not only blesses us with material and physical possessions in this life, but more importantly, he gives us the greater gifts. He gives us the gift of grace and mercy and love and compassion and forgiveness and salvation. God is the the, the giver of the best gifts because he doesn't just bless us with the material things, but more importantly, he blesses us with the things that pertain to salvation. He blesses us with the gifts that will get us to heaven. We see that here in this parable. From this parable of the friend, Jesus teaches us that persistence, persistence in prayer is a good thing. God rewards faith and persistence and when God rewards his gifts, his gifts are always the best ones. That's what we learn here in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 teaches us lessons about persistence, but it is not the only parable in the gospel that teaches this principle. Another parable that teaches the same lessons about persistence is also found in Luke the 18th chapter. Will you go to Luke chapter 18, please? In Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, we find the parable of the persistent widow. The persistent widow. Look at Luke 18, beginning with verse number 1. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse number 1. It says this, Now he, Jesus, was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying in a certain city there was a judge who did, not, who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, otherwise by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect to cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you. I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? Brothers and sisters, let's break down this powerful parable that Jesus teaches here in Luke chapter 18. First, let's talk about the purpose of the parable. What's the purpose of the parable? Well, the purpose of the parable is found in the first verse of the chapter. In Luke 18 and verse 1, the scripture says again, now he was telling them, he was telling, telling his disciples a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. They ought to pray and not lose heart. Let's just be honest, ladies and gentlemen. That can happen sometimes, right? 
I mean, let, let's just be honest about it. Sometimes we can pray. And we can even pray a lot, but we can lose heart. We can lose faith. We can become discouraged. We can start thinking to ourselves, "Where God, I, I have been asking you for this request through prayer over and over again for the past few days, for the past few weeks, for the past few months, and, and nothing has happened. Nothing in my life has gotten any, any better. I mean, just, just be honest about it. As Christians, Sometimes we can fall into the trap of discouragement and we can lose heart when it comes to prayer. We can pray for something over and over again. And when God doesn't grant our requests in the time we desire, we can start getting frustrated about that. We can start wondering, is God even listening to me? Is God even attending to my request? Is God keeping his promises that he's made to me in regards to prayer in his word? It can be easy to lose heart when we pray to God. And our Lord Jesus certainly understood that. Our Lord Jesus certainly understands that and he and he knows us better than we know ourselves. In fact, that's why he he tells this parable. He tells this parable because he wants us to understand that when we pray, we need to always have faith. We need to always keep our confidence in God. We never need to lose heart because God doesn't work doesn't work on our timetable. This this parable is about praying and praying with confidence and not losing heart. He says in verse number two, in a certain city, in a certain city, probably a certain city in Israel, there was a judge who did not fear God and he did not respect man. He didn't fear God and he had no respect for human beings. We need to understand that cities during the time of the law of Moses and Jesus lived in the time when the law of Moses was still in force. Cities during this time in Israel had judges to administer justice among the people. This is something that we learn throughout the Old Testament. We learn this in the book of Exodus and we learn this in the book of Deuteronomy. And so there's a certain city in Israel that has a judge who has the responsibility to administer justice among the people. This judge, unfortunately, though, was not a man of God. He was not a man who revered God. He was not a man who had fear of the Lord. He himself acknowledges this in verse number four. In verse number four, he says, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, this judge acknowledges that he's not a servant of God. Now one day, one day this judge is approached by a widow. There's a woman in the city who's lost her husband and she comes to him with a request. She wants legal protection from an opponent. Evidently, there's somebody who's an enemy of hers. She's, oh, she, she's being oppressed by this person in her life, and she wants a restraining order of some kind. She wants some protection from this person 
who's bringing her trouble, who's, who's maybe even probably threatening her life. Jesus says that she came to this judge with this request, not one time, not two times, but several times. Again, in verse number three, it says there was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him. She did this repeatedly, asking for legal protection from an opponent. She's made this request to this judge several times. And in the beginning, the judge had absolutely no sympathy for her. Remember, he doesn't fear God, and since he doesn't fear God, that means he's not going to have much sympathy in his heart. He's not going to have much compassion in his heart towards the, the less fortunate. But not only does he not fear God, remember, he doesn't fear man. He doesn't have much respect for his fellow man, and so he looks down on this woman who he probably considers to be beneath him. She has misfortune in her life. She's at the bottom of the barrel in society, and he doesn't want to help her. He looks at her as a little person. He has no sympathy for her or her situation. He says no to her a lot in the beginning, but due to her wearing him out, the scripture says. Due to her coming to him with this request over and over again, he eventually gives in. He eventually gives in to her request and he gives her what she asked for. He gives her that legal protection just so she will leave him alone. He doesn't do it because he feels sorry for her. He doesn't do it because he wants what is best for her. He doesn't do it because he thinks she, she needs it or even deserves it. He does it because he's thinking about himself. He's saying that if I don't give this woman what she wants, she will continually wear me out. I'm going to do this just so she'll leave me alone. That's what he says. And in verse number six, Jesus tells his disciples to listen carefully to the words of that judge. Notice carefully what he does. Listen carefully to why he gives this woman what she wants. In verse 7, Jesus says, Now, now, will not God bring about justice for the elect? Who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I submit to you that in this parable, the widow, the widow that is mentioned, the widow whose persistence pays off, she represents God's elect. She represents God's children. She represents those who are in the kingdom of God, who are part of the body of Christ. She also represents how God expects us to trust him and to have faith in him and to be persistent when we make requests before him. Paul makes this point in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, when writing to the church at Philippi, Paul says, be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything, in everything by prayer and supplication. The idea of supplication is the idea of making requests, asking God for blessings. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension regards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God here through Paul is telling us that we need to be persistent when we, when we pray. We never need to be ashamed or afraid to ask God for blessings. We need to have faith and confidence and trust when we take our request to God. The widow in the parable represents the people of God. She represents the elect. She represents how God expects his children to trust him and to be persistent when making a request to him. You see, if persistence, and listen carefully, if persistence caused a wicked and unrighteous judge to be moved to give this widow what she asked for, how much more so, how much more so would that be the case with God? How much more so would our supplications move God? How much more so would our persistent, our, our persistent requests lead God and move God to bless us because we put our trust in him. If a wicked, unrighteous judge could be moved to grant the request of, of a persistent widow, how much more so would a loving and holy and just God be willing to be moved as well? The answer is obvious. The answer is obvious. You see, like the wicked judge, the great, righteous, and holy God of heaven will also certainly be moved by the request of his children. He'll also be moved if we trust him and show dependence in him. Over and over again, God is telling us through this prayer that persistence pays off when it comes to prayer. The question is, Will we trust God? Will we trust God when we pray? Will we trust that God knows what is best, that he hears our prayers, and that he's faithful to keep the promises he's made us concerning prayer? He's faithful to do right by us, to answer our prayers in one of three ways. Either he's going to say, yes, I'm going to give you what you've asked for, or he's going to say, no, no, this is not what is best for you. No, I know you better than you know yourself. What you're asking for is not according to my will. It is not what is best for you in your life. Or then thirdly, he'll say, not right now. Yes, I'm going to give you what you want, but it's not time for you to get this right now. You're not ready for this right now. I'm going to bless you with this at the right time, at some point in the future. Sometimes God will answer with a yes. Sometimes God will answer with a no. Sometimes he'll answer with a yes, but not right now. That is how God responds to the prayers of his people. 
The question is, will we have faith in him? Will we trust that he's faithful to keep his promises in regards to prayer and that he will always answer them in a way that's in our best interest? That's what the Lord is teaching in the parable, in the parable of the persistent widow. And so let me close by giving you three Three points of application, three quick points of application, okay? First, from this, I want you to understand that a strong prayer life requires persistence. If you want to have a strong prayer life, then you can't just go to God with a request one time and expect that to be enough. You need to learn from the persistent widow. You need to understand that through your prayers, you're showing your faith and your dependence and your trust in God. And God doesn't look down upon his children when they are persistent with the requests they, they bring before him. While it is true that God knows everything about us and he knows what we're going to ask for before we even ask it, we still need to understand that through prayer, through prayer, Something good is happening to us. Something good is being done to us. We're demonstrating faith and trust and dependence upon God. We're showing God that we believe in his ability to bless us, and we know that no matter how many times we come to him, he will always listen to what we have to say. Prayer requires persistence. A strong prayer life requires us being persistent in the request we make to God. But not only does it require persistence, secondly, a strong prayer life requires patience. Patience. When we say patience, we mean that a strong prayer life requires us not just bringing requests to God, but also being willing to wait, to wait on God to, to answer those requests in his time. And let's just be honest about it. It's not easy to be patient, is it? Oh, it's not easy to be patient. In fact, I struggle with patience quite a bit. It's one of the reasons why I don't like going into Walmart or why I don't like sitting in traffic. I don't like watching commercials. I, I am not a very patient person. But if I want to have a strong prayer life, I'm going to have to learn to be patient. I'm going to have to understand that God doesn't work on my time, on my clock. Instead, he works on his clock. He will hear my prayers. Then he will answer my prayers, but he's going to answer them in his time. He's going to answer with a yes or a no or a yes, but not right now when he sees fit. And I'm going to have to trust him. I'm going to have to learn to be patient and wait on him. If I learn to wait on God, I'm going to be blessed. I won't regret waiting on the Lord. In fact, maybe you can think of a time in your life when you went to God with a request, but you were not very patient. You tried to take matters in your own hands, into your own hands, and when you did that, maybe you made a mess of things. Maybe you learned that if you had just waited on God a little longer, things would have turned out a lot better. So often, we make a mess of things in our lives when we pray to God, but then try to take matters into our own hands. We need to learn to pray and do the best we can and trust that God will work it out for the best in the right time. Persistence and patience, they go hand in hand. 
They're both needed to have a strong prayer life. But then a third thing we also got to have is we got to have trust. We got to have trust. And the wise man Solomon talks about that in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. In Proverbs 3 and verse 5, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. If we're going to have a strong prayer life, we got to learn to take matters to God and trust that he'll work things out in, his, in our best interest. We got to trust that he'll keep his promises concerning prayer. We got to trust in 1 Peter 3 and verse number 12, where Peter says, For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. The righteous are the children of God. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those. It's against those who do evil. While God will not always give us everything we want when we pray. We need to always trust that however he decides to respond, even though we don't agree with it, it's what's best for us. God will only give us what's best for us because he loves us. And he wants us to have the best possible lives. And so the persistent widow teaches us about the need for persistence and patience and trust when we pray. That unrighteous judge gave her what she desired because she was persistent. And if he could be touched by persistence, then certainly the great God of heaven will be as well. That's our study. And in our next study from the parables of Jesus, we're going to stay in the, in the gospel of Luke. We're going to stay in Luke 18, actually. There's another parable in Luke 18 that I think requires our attention. So we're going to study that in a couple of days. Remember, there are questions for you to print out and fill out that will help you as we navigate through the material. I want to truly thank you for studying with me. I appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. I, I truly believe that there's nothing better we could do with our time than study the teachings of Jesus. And, see, may, and so may God bless you and keep you. I hope this lesson will strengthen you and encourage you in your prayer life. And I look forward to studying with you again very soon.